Last week I challenged our married couples to go on two dates before March 1st. And by going on two dates before March 1st, you can enter yourself into a drawing for uh, a free meal at a nice restaurant. And so uh, you have a couple more weeks to sign up for that just to indicate that you're going to do that. Uh, You can sign up on our website or on my weekly uh, blast from the pastor. Also, this is the Epiphany, and so we put together some nice Epiphany home blessing kits. There's a basket in the back and a basket here with some holy water and blessed chalk. And grab as many sheets as you need for how many people in your home. Again, whether you live alone or live with ten other people, it's uh, still a good thing to bless your house in this way uh, for the year. Epiphany is the time for adoring Christ in his kingship and his majesty. Epiphany is a season especially set apart for adoring the glory of Christ. This was said by St. John Henry Cardinal Newman, the great Anglican convert in the 19th century. He continued, he said, quote, The only display of royal greatness... The only season of majesty, homage, and glory that Jesus had on earth was in his infancy. It was only when Jesus was a baby that he was actually had the opportunity to be acknowledged and revealed, reared, and honored and glorified as king. I think this is right. When Jesus was in his hidden life at Nazareth, there was very little public majesty and glory given to him, right? Uh, Even his public life, preaching and doing miracles, yeah, there'd be little hints of there of people acknowledging his greatness, but that was few and far between. Obviously, his passion and death, no real acknowledgement of his greatness there. Even in his resurrection, he made these appearances, but wasn't really able to be glorified and honored in his majesty. Yet when he was an infant, a baby, especially the season of Epiphany, we see the acknowledgement, the recognition that this baby, this infant, is a king. So I think there's two great things we can learn from this great event, this opportunity to adore Jesus as king. The first is that the visit of the Magi Remind us that humans are made to worship their creator. Our ultimate purpose in life, why we were created, is to worship God. We're made to give glory, to honor, and worship God. The Magi, I think you know this, were non-Jewish people. And they come, though, and they bring him gifts. They represent the Gentiles, the non-Jews. They represent, in a sense, all of humanity called to worship the king. And they bring him gifts. And they remind us that this must be our response in the presence of the king, to worship him, to offer him gifts. That's what we do at every Mass, offer fitting worship, not offering gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But instead, we offer our gifts, bread and wine, to the Father. And then he gives them back to us as the Eucharist, the Blessed Sacrament, Jesus alive. And we offer then Jesus back to the Father. We offer him 
the Father, we offer Jesus our gifts of him and ourselves united to him. It's what we do every Sunday. It's what we do, in fact, every day. So you should feel, or rather you should know in your hearts that you are giving God due honor and glory when you are at every Mass. You should have a great joy, a great peace and consolation, the peace of a clear conscience, knowing that you're being a good human, you're, you're doing what you should be doing as a creature to your Creator, giving fitting worship to your King. There's something missing in the person who doesn't worship God. They may say they worship God in their own way and on their own, but that isn't good enough, we know. At the Last Supper, Jesus said, Do this in memory of me. He tells us to offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And so the Epiphany reminds us that this is our proper response in the presence of Jesus that our greatest purpose, our ultimate purpose as humans, as creatures made in the image and likeness of God, is to worship the King, the Savior. The second thing is that we are called to prostrate ourselves, to kneel before the Lord. Our Gospel tells us that the Magi, they prostrated themselves, they laid down before the infant Jesus. And these, these magi weren't just, they weren't just some nobodies. They were smart intellectuals, astronomers, philosophers, maybe even kings themselves. In fact, we pray, we sing that great Christmas hymn, We Three Kings. These were kings, yet they bow, they kneel, they prostrate before the king, lying in the person of a little baby. They prostrate themselves before the king. So what is our posture before Jesus? When we come to Mass, we genuflect. We're acknowledging Jesus as our king. That is why we kneel during the Eucharistic prayer. There's some churches, I'm sure you've been at them. Uh, thankfully, we don't have any in our diocese, but churches that don't have any kneelers. <clears throat> They came up with this great idea that we're adults now and we don't need to kneel. That's kind of beneath us. I think that's a very dangerous attitude. If they aren't physically kneeling before our Lord, submitting to our Lord in that way, what else aren't they kneeling to, submitting to? What church teachings are they maybe rejecting? Kneeling before our Lord is essential. I find it so edifying when an adult man, a grown man, and a grown woman, especially a grown man, though, gets on his knees to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, in Holy Communion. He or she doesn't have to, but they truly, they freely choose to. We have very elderly people that come up and they kneel, and you wonder if they're ever going to get up. The reason we put these kneelers up was because a pregnant woman came to me and said, Father, I'd like to kneel and receive, but I'm eight months pregnant. <laughs> and I know if I get down, I'm not going to be able to get up on my own. So we put these kneelers out as a pastoral accommodation for such people. A man who does kneel before the Lord in this way acknowledges that whatever authority he has as a man in his marriage, his family, his work, in society, 
he gets from the Lord and that he's responsible to the Lord. He will have to give an account to the Lord of his authority and how he used it. Did he lord his authority over others? Did he use it for his own advantage? Or did he use his authority in service of the other? The one who kneels says, I am not my own master, but I am a loyal servant and soldier of the king. In fact, I think that's the best way for us men to relate to Jesus, to relate to Christ. For women, it's a little easier to relate to Jesus as, for example, their beloved, right? The male-female relationship works there. That's why religious sisters um, see themselves as a bride of Christ. Me, as a priest, I don't look at my relationship in that way for obvious reasons. So for men, it's different. Yes, I love Jesus. Yes, he loves me. He bestows his mercy and grace upon me. But for me, I can enter most perfectly and deeply in my relationship with Christ. I can receive the most fruit by looking at my relationship with him as my king and my Lord, that I want to serve him faithfully, that I want to give my life to him and serve him He who gave his life for me. And so I know I need to do this each and every morning. A great practice. First thing you get out of bed is falling to your knees. And so I fall to my knees and I say the morning offering. Lord Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. In union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass for the reparation of sins, for the conversion of sinners, and the unity of all Christians. And then I kiss the floor and I say, Servium, which in Latin is, I will serve. I will serve you, Lord. I know that I need to do this each and every morning. I need to do this. It helps me to grow in humility and obedience to God, to truly be able to say from the inside, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Kneeling is such a profound symbol, a sign. It demonstrates, expresses a humility, a reverence, and obedience. And not only does it express something from the inside, but it informs our interior. It informs our soul, our heart. Kneeling before the Lord at Mass helps us to grow in humility and reverence interiorly, which is ultimately what matters. My friends, Epiphany is the season of adoration of Jesus as King. The time in his life that he was recognized in his majesty by the Magi. And the Magi worshipped him by offering gifts. And our greatest purpose as humans is to worship the Savior, to offer him gifts of ourselves, of Jesus at the Mass. At every Mass, we offer Jesus the most perfect worship the Eucharist, and ourselves to God. And the Magi, they prostrated themselves before Jesus with a powerful sign of their humility and reverence before the King. That is why we kneel at Mass before Jesus. It's a great sign, sacrament, symbol of our humility and reverence before Jesus, our King. What a beautiful thing to see a grown man or a grown woman choosing to kneel before Jesus the king.